Welcome to Days in the Wild. I just want to talk to you real quick before we jump to this next episode. I can't urge you enough uh, to get out there and give us a review on iTunes or the Podbean app. It's super important. Helps uh, me keep this free. Helps me reach new people and continue to grow. Uh, If you don't know how to do that, uh, hit me up and I'll, I'll I'll help you through it. Uh, also want you to go and give Phoenix Shooting Bags a look. Check out their website, phoenixshootingbags.com. They are our main sponsor, and uh, they uh, they put an excellent product out, and it, it means a lot for me for you to go check them out and uh, take a look and see what they got. So without further ado, let's roll into this next episode. Thank you. Hi, welcome to Days in the Wild. Today we are going to talk turkey. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got my buddy Scott Ellis. Scott is a four-time Grand National Champion caller. He's a badass mofo when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to calling turkeys. Uh, so, without further ado, Scott's been on the show. So, if if you missed the first episode, I'm gonna put it in the show notes. You guys can uh, jump on and listen to our first conversation. But um, we're gonna talk a couple different things today. What's going on, man? Great to be here, John. I appreciate you having me back on. Um, ironically, uh, turkey season is over Sunday here, and unfortunately, it's been the talk of turkey season, the coronavirus, and uh, I've canceled all my travel plans, unfortunately. So this year is uh, a year for licking wounds and trying to get back and get revenge, exact revenge on them next year, because I had uh, five, five states, yeah, five states I was going to be hunting this year outside of Florida. And I uh, just thought it was in the best interest of the safety of my family and everything and talked over with the wife and uh, decided just to call it quits. I will say, disclaimer, uh, there's a slight chance if anything gets better by the end of May, I was I had a trip scheduled to Maine, and okay. Maine Easterns, but I'm not getting my hopes up because the cases are still increasing rapidly week to week. So I just don't, I don't think it's going to be over in time or even close to over to get on an airplane and fly to Maine. So that's it. I mean great season tagged out in florida early my son jake and i both uh, so we have we're having a great four season just trying to get more footage for my show hunt quest and uh been limited on the hunts the last few weekends hunting some public ground getting some butt whoopings in public ground not because the turkeys are really winning because we're having trial problem finding turkeys um public land in florida can be a challenge the the stuff that's not a quota hunt uh-huh. Or a type two wildlife management area where you basically put in an application, and you pay a fee like a hundred dollar, hundred fifty dollar fee if you get drawn for it. Um, if you got, if you don't have either one of those, it's a tough game to follow or a tough road to hoe, if you will, uh, in our public land down here because it gets hammered so hard. Everybody's trying to avoid paying two grand, twenty five hundred bucks for an Osceola. So, anyways, I'm rambling on pretty good as usual, but that's uh-huh. kind of worth it. Um, <laughs> got the biggest turkey in my life this season. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. With a 410, yes. Uh, and it was an Osceola, ironically. Um, 21 pounds, five beards, inch and three quarter, inch wow. and five eighths bird. So he should be around the top three atypical Osceola in the books when I get it officially scored and everything. He's at the taxidermist. I had to mount him. I mean, turkey oh, yeah. have a lot of time uh, with those spurs, especially, but five beards. And Osceolas are very, you don't see a lot of multi bearded Osceolas, not like you do Easterns. So. Hmm. Very, very good year. We've had a great season for what it is, and we're making the best of it. Finishing up this weekend with a buddy of mine, Simon Ellis, and going to run some more camera on him and, and hunting a little bit better piece of property, so I hope we can make something happen. 
Nice, nice. How many birds are you allowed to shoot in, in Florida? Two birds, yep. Two, okay. That's what I thought. Two in the spring and technically two in the fall, I believe. Okay. Yep, but hard to hunt turkeys in the fall. It's hard to find ground to hunt them in Florida in the fall. So. Yeah, it, 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 and ironically, so I think I've killed, and I can't, I, I always forget, but it's somewhere between 13 and 16 birds I've killed in my life. Mm-hmm. And only two of them have been in the spring. <laughs> no all, kidding. They've all been in the fall, and they've all been with my bow. <laughs> no kidding. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, they you know, insane. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It, it, and it's just because, you know, for deer hunting, it's just a, a creature. You know, I, I bought the tag or whatever, and it was an opportunistic moment. I didn't yeah. specifically go target turkey. Right. Uh, but, you know, knowing that I had turkey on trail cameras and whatnot, um. You know, I was like, yeah, well, definitely for whatever X hey. amount of money, might as well throw a tag in the in the in the backpack and Absolutely. yeah, a bunch of those Absolutely. were a bunch of those were in New York uh, and Illinois. I don't know something about right. Illinois, man. I I've, I've killed a, probably eight of them in Illinois out of tree stands alone, and <laughs> and then uh, a couple, a few in South Dakota as well. But right. uh, yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not the guy to ask questions about spring turkey hunting. I, I am <laughs> definitely not. A, Maybe you can learn something today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, man. I, I, I think I know a lot. I just I don't put the effort in, and I and I want to because I, yeah, I, I am. I'm not doing anything in springtime, and that's part of the problem. You know, is like, right. I, I hunt so much in the fall and winter that when spring comes along, my wife has kind of had enough, you know, and I've, I've, oh, yeah. uh, I've made a pact with her many years ago that I wasn't, I wouldn't hunt in the spring. And, but you know, every once in a while now I'll, I'll, I'll try to, like I put my daughter in for a youth tag here in Arizona. She got one and we didn't get a Turkey because we only hunted half a day and right. we, we ended up having to get home or whatever. But, um, I'm going to try to get back out with her. We'll see. Definitely. What Definitely. Maybe you'll get your daughter hooked and then you'll have another reason to try in the spring. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and turkey hunting here in Arizona is tough, man. Um, you know, I know guys that do very well all the time, but just because they, they know exactly where to go. But mm-hmm. it's not like we have the population of turkey that you have back east or the right, right. west. You know, you don't see these giant flocks of, you know, 20, 30 birds. It doesn't happen. Sure. Um, gotcha. So anyhow. Uh, but that being said, we have three different types of turkey here. You know, we got the Miriams, we got the Rios and, and the Goulds. Gotcha. Um, yep. Yep. So. Very uh, cool. Very coveted tag to get that Goulds tag. There's only a handful, I think, a year from what I understand for the Goulds. For the yeah. Goulds, yeah. Yeah. Here in AZ. I have some ranches down in Mexico that, mm-hmm. uh, man, there's freaking turkey everywhere, everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's where I went and shot my two Goulds with Jay Scott, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think you and I were talking about that last time. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, great yeah, time. Jay, Jay's got a Jay's got a good uh, good setup for that too. He does. Sure. He does. So, um, so let's let's talk about some strategies on locating birds in places that you've never hunted before. Like, what are some of the things that you're doing, um, you know, leading up to the hunt, and then while you're you're right. actually hunting? Well, that's a great question for me because. I mean, outside of the time I spend in Florida, which very often is places I haven't hunted. Sometimes it's management areas, some public land that I have hunted. Um, 
that's what I face year in year out because I go on, I get invited and go on these hunts and I'm trying to hit a few states every year to, to shoot towards my U S slam, my super slam. Um, I think I got about 23 states knocked out so far nice. to get the, uh, the coveted super slam. I'm trying to do it for my, before I'm dead anyways. I don't have the ability because I work a regular job to get after them as hard as I'd like. And I'm a husband and I've got a 14 year old. So there's that too. And I go as hard as I can pre- really realistically go from end of February to, uh, through may but um a lot of it's um the people that are taking me on the hunt use those people that are inviting you and taking you on a hunt and you can see pick their brain for any knowledge that's usually where it starts for me it's i don't want it to sound like the easy way out but you know they put you in directions where they've heard or seen turkeys now once i get on the property um i do what's called scout hunting and scout hunting is what you're scouting while you're hunting and that's done through audio and through visual Obviously, you're listening at daybreak for birds, and then you're looking for sign on the ground, scratching, droppings, dust bowls, uh, feathers, any roosting areas with the droppings underneath them, roost trees, that type of thing. And then last but not least is what everybody's doing pretty much, and that's aerial aerial photography, satellite imagery, to try to identify terrain features that could be, oh gosh, it depends on where you're hunting. You know, I mean, I hunt elevation. I'm, I was going to hunt this season. I was going to hunt Washington State, Michigan, and Maine like the whole top end of the u.s with a big right. space in between it yeah and um completely different terrains but yet i could i would still look at aerial satellite imagery excuse me and and look for fields that are interlocked into big blocks blocks of woods um uh creeks turkeys love to roost on water creeks or swamps or ponds in the woods um looking for elevation if you're hunting elevation looking for places ridge lines that could be areas where they would you kind of use your turkey computers what i call it i look at places and go you know there's a field down here there's a ridge that runs along the border of the field got to be a good place for them to reach or there's a creek winding through a ravine a little bit of water yada yada so if it's not elevation it's more flat flat ground like where michigan would have been same thing i'm just looking to key on those areas of of, uh terrain features that could possibly hold birds because you just don't know i mean there's no way of knowing then when I get boots on the ground, that's when it really gets serious. The scouting gets serious. And again, um, I'm hunting and I'm scouting at the same time. And that's how I kind of develop the, uh, the the MRI, most recent information, if you will, on how to hunt those birds that I find in that particular area. Cool. So, and I, this is actually a, a selfish question. So I, I, I found, and again, we were only out for that morning, so I don't really know, but, um, you know, if you're, if you're seeing sign, if you're seeing tracks, you know, some shed feathers, um, you know, scratches and, and whatnot. Um, but so I went out that afternoon, the evening that we got there, we went out and I tried to roost birds, didn't get any calls back. Get one out, you know, we were out probably an hour and 10, hour and 20 minutes before daybreak and didn't hear, you know, I called into every canyon that was, you know, where I seen it sign and never got a, couldn't get one to shock gobble, couldn't get one to answer back in any shape, way, form. What are you, what are you, some, what are some of the things you're doing to get, if you're not hearing? Um, that's, uh, that's tough. I've been facing that. What's that? No, go ahead. Oh. That's something I faced last weekend on the particular piece of Central Florida public land. Um, 
and we were struggling to even find sign, unfortunately. But when you're in areas like that, it's a very simple proposition. You can do one of two things. Um, and I base my morning exactly on what happened to you is if I am not hearing anything gobble and, and I get into a spot, it's a good morning. I'm in a, an advantage area, a vantage point where I can cover a lot of ground really quick while they're still on the roost and out and broke call and then even go to yelping if I have to, to try to get elicit a response. If that morning, daybreak morning, and I'm not hearing anything, and especially like in your situation where you saw sign, all you can do, brother, is get up in there tight to that area where you found the most concentrated sign and set up and blind call. And that's the, the other option. The only other option is to try to find what I call the needle in the haystack bird, which you can do. You might cover 47 miles to do it to find that one bird that wants to gobble and answer the call. So you either run and gun and put miles on your boots or if you can cover you know, ground with transportation, whether you can have a golf cart or whether you have a bicycle or whatever, that, that helps to cover ground to do that needle in a haystack bird. But ultimately, I'm going to 95% of the time, I'm, when they're not gobbling, you're not hearing them, you know they're there, I'm going to set up and start with my calling sequences. Um, it all depends on the pressure that that area has received is how I'm going to basically dictate my calling sequences. Um, the more pressure, the less the less loud and, and the less aggressive and frequent that I'm going to call. Um, if I'm in a place where I know haven't been pressured too much, I'll call a little more freely. I'll cut a little bit more. I'll yelp a little louder. If I'm in places that are pressured, then I'm going to tone the calling back to softer yelps, clucks, and purred whines and just set up and do those types of sequences um, and, and wait them out. I mean, it's not a fun way of turkey hunting. You have to be patient, but it will often pay dividends. And I've got several theories on what happens. A lot of time what I think happens when you're set up like that is a bird will hear you from a distance. Mm -hmm. uh, he finally gets inside that bubble range, if you will. And he hears you call and he might lift his head up and go, ah, I'm not interested. And then he starts feeding along, doing his thing, doing his thing. And then he hears you call again because I call fairly frequently, even though I may be louder and more aggressive or so softer. I'll still call fairly frequently on my okay. blind call setups. And uh, I think eventually what happens is you get him in the mood for love. He keeps hearing it. He keeps hearing it. He keeps hearing it. And A, he either comes in quiet or B, he finally just gets wound up. He gets excited and then he'll gobble at you. And okay. uh, the other the other the other theory is simply the fact that they are always on the move. Turkeys are pretty nomadic to some degree. They're moving, they're feeding, they're covering ground. And one just inevitably comes within earshot of you. So you're kind of doing the, the they're doing the work for you, especially if you're in a target rich environment, in a place you know they're there. One white finally wanders into earshot and you and you yelp and cut and boom, he hammers and he gobbles. So yeah, that's that's kind of the that's what, how I would handle that particular situation. I I. I kind of agree with that that second situation. Um, actually, both both because I see it with coyote calling. Mm -hmm. I've actually like glassed up a coyote. I know by his body language he hears me calling. You know, right five six hundred yards out or whatever, half a mile, two miles, whatever, <laughs> and right. uh, and. You know, he's not interested and he's going around, he's doing whatever he's doing. And then all of a sudden he just says, screw it. I'm going to go check that out. Bears too. I've seen that with bears, but you know, very but, similar situation. I think you're, 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 you finally catch your interest. And that's my, my first theory that I mentioned about how they just hear you. They don't react. They don't respond. You may not, you may not necessarily even see, him. you don't even know he's there, but, um, he just finally you get him excited and he finally gets closer. He maybe wanders a little closer. You're calling him in. You don't even know it. And then he finally gobbles or 
a caveat to that is if they're if they're quiet, like we talked about on the roost and, you know, they're there. Keep your guard up. You've got to try to keep the movement down at, at all times. Turkey hunting, period. You know, they have such great eyesight and hearing. But ultimately, you've really got to put your guard at another level when you have that feeling they're just not going to talk and they could come in quiet like that. And um, and, and then let me leave this segue into the other tactic. Let's just go to the other end of the spectrum. You go in there and they're gobbling good. You might get on a bird. He doesn't work right. You can't kill him. But you've heard birds gobbling. Mm-hmm. You may have heard one three or 400 yards over to the east and another one over to the southwest of you. And, and, they're, and you hear them gobble on their own and they're gobbling on into the morning. That's when it's time to get to put boot leather on the ground and get going and start covering ground and calling. Because at that point, they're obviously in a gobbling, a good gobbling morning, and they're going to talk. Now, Miriam's and Rio's are, are great for that anyway. That's really interesting that you did not get any of those turkeys to talk because that's one of the reasons why I tend to love hunting Rio's and Miriam's because they gobble so well. Almost any weather condition, almost any day of the week. In the evenings, they're pretty easy to roost. They just gobble, and they love to gobble. Even if they just give you a courtesy gobble, they'll gobble. You may have to chase them, get around in front of them, that kind of thing, get catch up with them sometimes because they move so much. But um, that's why I love hunting Rio's and Miriam's. I love hunting them all, but they're just fun because they gobble. So, yeah, that would have been definitely a morning when you don't hear a Miriam. Are you hunting Miriam's or Rio's? I'm I'm guessing where you're at, correct? We're at Miriam's. Miriam, well, so yeah, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's that was an odd morning then. Maybe a little bit early in the season, maybe. It's hard to say. You know, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. It's a, it's a new unit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've hunted it a bunch for deer and elk, and right. I've seen turkey many, many times, and right. turkey on cameras, and I've had, you know, um, encounters when stalking and whatever come across birds whatever but uh i've even glassed them up over there so i know there's turkey in the unit it's definitely not what i would call a premier unit for turkey in arizona not that there's very many (laughs) um but yeah so i don't know i i honestly i think that one there was a lot of pressure there's a lot of people there i didn't realize how many people were going to be in that area um, right. I figured they would be a little bit further north of me. Um, even but, for the youth hunt? Yeah, even for the youth hunt. I was wow. like, and wow. I don't know if it was just a lot of camping people, but there was quite a few people actually hunting. Right. Um, it was just a lot of people on the roads, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, like I said, I'm not a freaking great turkey hunter. I, we didn't put a whole lot of time into it. So, sure. you know, I, I like I said, we went out we got there the evening before to set up camp and, um, you know, I had an hour and a half, two hours worth of driving around looking for sign and, you know, uh, trying to roost birds. But, uh, and then the next morning we got out, you know, I went to where I'd seen the sign and started there and worked my way to areas where I knew I had seen birds in the past. Um, but yeah, we just couldn't get anything to, to answer. And conversely, I know some other friends of mine that got into some birds um, uh, in very similar, um, you know, like vegetation type and elevation and basically the adjacent uh, unit. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I mean, I know it can it can change from one half of the unit to the other, you know, sure. to, but I don't know. I just feel like I wasn't the birds weren't there anymore. 
you know, that Got sign it. I saw was old or something. Um, who knows? Who knows? It's, uh, uh, unless I get back out there, which I hope I can. Um, she's, oh, I think actually tomorrow's her last day where, where it's like supposedly prime time and then it opens back up on May something. Uh, yeah, like mid May, I think it opens back up for her for another two weeks. So, but I know I've gone in May during the over-the-counter stuff, and um, it's never been very good. I've gotten some birds to talk, but they don't—they don't—they have a hard time committing. Right. So, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so I wanted—you talked about, um, you know, blind calling. Why don't you run us through? Uh, give us a little calling session of one of your like blind call setups for, uh, you know, birds that are, that haven't been talking. If you're, you know, going quiet and you said you were doing purrs and wines. Uh, and I, soft wines and, yeah. I know, Look, I know yeah. most people don't really do that stuff. Uh, often. No, well, I mean, I shouldn't say that there's a lot of savvy Turkey hunters that will use that stuff, but it's uh, a little more of an advanced type call. The yeah, wine is purring. Not so much. I mean, because you can purr on a slate call pretty easy. Um, you can purr and cluck on a slate. Uh, mouth call, and you can do soft yelps on it. The one thing you can't really do on a slate or a, or a pot call style call is is the wine's pretty hard to do on that. But it's just another level of realism, I think, that helps, especially in the pressured areas. And I can even give a little sequence like I would do um, if if it was a place I could call more freely. Um, but, yeah, I just set up. and You know, you can scratch in the leaves. I pick up a limb or something or a stick beside me and, and use that to you know, and scratch the leaves like they're feeding, and okay. just do, I'll, I'll do a little little sequence for. They're just move, easing along, and then I'll get do some soft yelp and mix in with it too, just to add that realism. like so just little soft whips and wines and purrs and it's deadly on them it's deadly on them now how how long do you do that like do you do that for like five minutes and then you stop or a couple minutes no, and stop? something similar to what i just did i mean maybe okay. a little bit longer obviously i'm not gonna no I, i'd run out of air would be able to do it for five minutes probably <laughs> right, 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 right. yeah well, no, i'm similar think, to that i'm just thinking out loud like you know if since it's a feeding sequence i mean they feed for hours, know, right, hours, right, 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 you know, right, right. I mean, you can, it, you could probably, it'd be safe bet to say you could do that more than, than getting loud and super aggressive. Like, so I'm in a place now where, um, I can call more freely, more openly pressure has been less. And I mean, sometimes I'll do that. I'll do that even on public ground because I don't, how, how do I say this without sounding arrogant? I mean, I'm taking calling to a whole nother level than like most of the general turkey hunting population. So, when you can bring even that realism with more aggressive calling, it can be successful. But it's just a general rule of thumb. When I know there's been a ton of pressure, I'll scale it back a good bit. But if let's say I can call freely, I'm going to do some cutting and yelping sequences. And I try to build into it. So I'll start with some slow cuts and then go into some yelping and then maybe get to some faster cuts and then an, and an excited yelp. And I'll do something like this. <laughs> <laughs> 
just kind of built into it, the sequence. And then, obviously, you got to be careful to call too long on those type of sequences. Um, you may want to call for that little sequence and then listen because he could gobble while you're calling. So you might want to hit him with a couple of cuts after you give your 45-second sequence because he may have gobbled, like I said, and you didn't even hear him because you're calling. So it's gotcha. always safe to definitely um, maybe give it a minute and then hit him with a couple cuts to, to try to get a shot gobble just to get him to respond. But it's all starting with some cutting, kind of building into it. Excited, a little louder, a little, little uh, looking for love in all the wrong places. Calling. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Um, let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Like, let's say I had I found. Let's you find a you know birds on the roost. How close do you like to get in, and what's your strategy? A bird on the roost? Is that what you said? I'm sorry. Yep. But... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You found um, bird, it's, birds it's... on the roost. Yeah, it's turkey turkey 101. <clears throat> I mean, try to get as tight as you can to that bird, obviously using locators, your owl hooting, your crow calling. Um, that's two, my two go-tos. I mean, a lot of guys are using are starting to use coyote howling, especially out west, and that's pretty effective. But I'm not going to use a coyote howler and close in on a bird that, that's tight and get tight to him. I might, if I, if I coyote howl and I hear one 300 yards away, then that thing goes away. And then I'm going to use an owl or a, a, a hawk scream or a crow call or something um, and use that as I'm slipping in tight. Because I just, the thought of that bird being on the roost and a, and a coyote howls and gets closer howling and closer howling and closer howling doesn't make for a good setup when you're trying to get him to fly down to you. Because, I mean, we right. don't know you're how good they can. <laughs> right, a predator, yeah. So um, definitely get him to gobble and you're a Western hunter. I know some of your podcast, a lot of your podcast listeners are Western hunters. If you use a coyote howler to get them going, don't use it as you're closing in on them. So, anyways, disclaimer there: as you're closing in and, he, and you get, you know, close as you can get without bumping him. You, you, the closer you get to him, the easier he can get to you, and the less chance of hopefully hens not flying down and coming and cutting you off before he gets to you. So I set up. We're in there tight. I'll start off the morning with, you know, it's, it's still probably pretty dark. Hopefully. Um, and you use the terrain again to slide into place on him. And then I just hit him with some tree calls, a couple soft tree calls and some bubble flux just to let him know that you're there. And I mean, it'll sound like this on a mouth call, but it's very similar to the, the soft yelping I was just doing. And those little, those little whips that I was just doing, those little bubble flux is what we call them. So I'm just going. And let him know I'm there. Now I'm gonna let the morning unfold. Hopefully he answers. If he doesn't, don't sweat it because if you got tight, he heard you. Regardless if he answered, it's just always more encouraging, and you see better results a lot of times when he does at least gobble at you. But um, I've killed him when they haven't gobbled. So once that goes down, you get that that part of the sequence out. You wait for it to get daylight. You know, you wait for it to get fly down time. And from there, I've got a wing I carry in my vest, and um, I'm going to give a fly down cackle, which is basically signifying that the hen flew down. And, um, yeah, it's him, you know, just get trying to bring his excitement level up a little bit higher. And, uh, this is a fly down cackle for the people that don't know what it is. And this is what I do on a mouth call. 
signifying a bird on the wing. She's flying down. Um, turkeys do it when they fly across rivers or creeks or, you know what I mean? They fly up to roost. They can do a fly up cackle. We'll just call it a cackle. Is just a call that you hear turkeys do on the wing, basically. I've heard gotcha. gobblers even do it, too, and Jake's do it as well as him. But um, give that fly down cackle. After that, I'm done. Um, the only the only sidebar to that situation is if he has hens, and I start hearing hens answer me. If he's roosted with hens, then it just got tougher to kill him. And at that point, I may call a little bit more to those hens on the roost and try to get them fired up and coming and wanting to fly down to me as well. And that's the only thing you can you can hope for is that you get them talking, you get them wanting to communicate with you, and they want to know who's the new girl on the block over there. And I try not to get too aggressive. All I do once they start talking to me on the limb and I realize they're there, is I'm just going to do some more yelping to them, tree calling and bubble plucks. And um, if they get a little excited and start cutting on the limb, which they do very often, I might get a little excited with them, but I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to confront them too much because if she's not confrontational, even though she's up on that limb cutting, she still may fly the complete opposite direction of you, and the gobbler's going to go right with her or them. Mm -hmm. They could fly the opposite direction. So. I try to remain very civil, even if I get them talking on the limb like that. And then you just hope that you can you can uh, lure them down to you, and he follows down. Um, so definitely not the best case scenario when they're roosted with hens. That makes it really really tough. Um, okay. Hopefully he's by himself. Now once then moving moving on, I've given the cackle. Let's just say he has no hens. I wait till I hear him fly down before I do anything else. And generally, if you're that close, you're going to hear those wing beats. You're going to hear him. <laughs> you're hearing him fly down most times. And then once I realize he's on the ground, I might check him and give him a little yelp, make sure he gobbles and answers, and then I start working. Then the game's on. Then the game begins, if you will, the chess match. Gotcha. Are are you typically running uh, decoys on every single setup, or is it? I don't carry decoys. Yep. Okay. Not a decoy user. Um, short story, I used them back in the 90s when they started getting really popular, uh, 25 years ago. Had some bad experiences with them where birds were hanging up on them. And they went in the garbage. And I'd already learned. I'd been turkey hunting 25 years ago when they really started getting popular for about 10 years. So I was already successfully whacking birds left and right and, and learned to do it without using decoys. Um, now, is there a time and a place? Absolutely. Every now and again, I have to get my buddy to bring theirs because I don't have them. But we'll have a situation where it will call for one. Um, just because it's maybe more open, you can't, you can't hide the hen, which is kind of my coin phrase that I call you're setting up where the bird has to take a look. He has to come in close to you to see the, to see the hen he's here and to, to make contact with her. And then when he slips in there where he could put eyes on her and see where she's at, he's in, she, she, he's in gun range and boom, the game's over. That's what I call hiding the hen based on your setup. And that's how I learned to kill turkeys. Now a uh, quick, a quick example of why we, when we deployed decoys this year, with my buddies, we spotted a bird on the edge of the property on our side of the fence one afternoon, left him alone, hunted some other spots, left him alone for a day, and then came back the second afternoon and said, this bird, if he's where he's at before, um, maybe we can call him right here around the corner and kill him. We, we have to use a little bit of a, of a uh, it's on a field, it's in a field of cow pasture, and there's palmettas that we have here in Florida, obviously they're very abundant. We had to use the palmetta egg, we had just a little bit of cover and a little bit of woods that we could slip around. And, and try to get on that bird. Well, he was there. Um, I got him to gobble a few times, could hear him drumming. He would not quite step around that corner about 30 yards so we could make a shot. But we did let him, he finally wandered off. We couldn't get him in. And 
to get to the story and why the decoy was deployed. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> he That's roosted right. off the property. He went through the fence. The field that we were on the edge of continued on to the other property, the bordering property that was not ours to hunt. And we saw where he kind of wandered off and had an, a pretty good idea where he was going to roost, but it was like 200 yards from the fence line where he was in the afternoon. So I said, you know what? You know, I'm not a decoy guy, but if we can get him to fly down, at least in the field, and put eyes on deeks or on turkeys over here, hopefully we can get him back through the fence and on the property. Unfortunately, the bird flew down, and he never got in that field where we could, where he could see the deeks. He was way off. We did hear him gobble, but couldn't do anything with him to get him close enough to get the visibility that we needed to see those decoys. So that's where it did not work in that situation. Could have worked perfectly if he had came over just a little bit to us. He may right. have seen the deeks and came on in, as opposed to just using sound. Um, it, it would, it, it may have paid off, but it didn't. So that's just a situation where I would, an extenuating set of circumstances, basically where I would use one and we didn't. Use one. Yeah. It's interesting. Your philosophy on calling Turkey is exactly the same as mine for predator hunting. Uh, and, and, and a lot of elk hunters too. Yeah. That and elk hunting too. I call, I, I written certain, several articles, uh, about, uh, creating the room, you know, the killing room where you want. Yep you want that animal to step into that room by that time when he gets there, he's already in shooting range and yep. yeah. So no, that's cool. Exactly. I, yep. Exactly. I've had several successful elk hunters that I've, I've turkey hunted with, uh, Bobo and Casey Brooks out in, in Oregon. Um, I don't know if you're fair, familiar with them or not. Um, yep, but, I am. um, absolutely. It was, Bo was telling me and Casey, this is so ironic how that, how you hunt turkeys different than a lot of folks that, because you don't run deeks, and uh, and I call yeah I call it hiding the hen, um, creating the room. I like that. that's a pretty good uh, phrase as well. Just clocks it pretty good, um, and it, it's just it, I said it's so similar to how we hunt elk and we're calling elk during the rut. Yep. Yep. No, that's that's awesome. I like I like to hear people have success with that stuff in in different. Uh, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I wrote an article. What was it two years ago? That was um, basically the thing that tied all all calling together, mm-hmm. you know, and whether it was turkey, predators, elk, deer, whatever. And uh, I kind of went into depth on that. And I'm not like I said, I'm not much of a turkey hunter. I don't know how to. I don't I don't know their behavior well enough, and I don't practice calling right. enough and all that other stuff. But uh, you know. Well, they, th- yeah, it's still very but, similar. But I think I can, I think I can get one to come in, you know, you know, if I'm using like a Fox Pro or something where I don't have to make the calls myself. Maybe. <laughs> uh, is that legal in Arizona, Fox Pros? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it is. Oh, is yep. it? Wow. Yeah. Most states over here in the east are that's a no-no. Electric yeah. calls, you cannot use electric call. I'm just, yeah, caveat to that. I'm just asking because some states you can. I, I would guess that good out west more. I mean, yeah. you can hunt turkeys over corn in Texas. You know what I mean? That they don't care how oh, you yeah. kill a turkey in Texas. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The rules are a little different from state to state, obviously. But, but yeah, I mean, you got to figure that article you're talking about, um, the rut and spring gobbler, the rut during deer and elk, and even mule deer for that matter. I don't know how call receptive mule deer are. White tail or so so. You know, hit and miss. What's that? Very, but it's different. It's different. Right, right. It's different. But I'm saying you're what thinking. you're doing is you're you're capitalizing on either the dominance of the animal that's your, your quarry, which is, you know, you, now you tend to not gobble as much at turkeys because it can scare a gobbler a lot quicker than gobbling at the bull elk, the herd elk. You know what I mean? 
or I'm bugling, yeah. not gobbling at the herd, <laughs> bugling at the herd, at the herd elk. <laughs> but but you're still you're capitalizing on breeding. That's what we're exploiting. You know what I mean? And whether it's imitating a cow or doing a doe bleat or doing a hen yelp, we're all trying to use the female persuasion, if you will, to lure them in. Or you're using the challenging part of it to lure them in, which would be male on male to male conversation. And it does work for tur turkeys. It's just something I don't do right out of the gate. It gobble right. at one or uh, stage a fight, you know, trying to, to uh, challenge the dominance because you never know who's dominant. That's the, that's the, the irony in turkey hunting. You really have no clue unless it's a bird you've studied and you've watched him with a harem of hens, right. they, you know, with, with for, for days and we're able to establish that's the man, that he is the man. That's the one I would definitely not be afraid to gobble to pretty quick in a situation because he's going to come over and look and come looking for a fight to find out who's in his living room with him, you know, challenging him. But I think it's a lot more prevalent with elk hunting when you're bugling to get an elk to come in. Is that a fair statement? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he, again, he's got to be in the right frame of mind. Right. You know, you could scare off plenty of bulls with bugles. Not the same thing. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, it's just, uh, and it's actually kind of leads me into the next question here. You know, the nuances of calling is like, how do you gauge? How do you gauge what to throw at them? You know, um, um, it's really easy. I would probably say the same answer would be to any to yourself or anybody else that's calling an animal. It's all based on his forward progression. Is he moving towards me or not? <laughs> yeah. If he's if he's closing ground and all, I'm going to always start with the basics. I'm going to just yelp at a gobbler. If he's closing ground, then all I'm going to do is continue to yelp at him. If he hangs up, doesn't want to commit, then I'm going to start doing different stuff. I always start with the basics and then only lead into the more advanced stuff if I need to. Because quite often, a lot of times, if you don't just just some yelping will kill a bird. You know, maybe just like cow calling will we'll kill a lot of elk. Just keep cow calling, right? And get him to come. He's closing. He's closing. If the bird hangs up, like I just said, then I'm going to start maybe getting a little more aggressive. I'm trying to, I'm gauging it on how he's answering the call, John. How is he gobbling every time I call? Is he gobbling on his own? Um, uh, if I can see him, that's even a better plus. Like you mentioned earlier, watching a coyote from a mile away, you can still see his body language. If I can watch his body language, it's even better. Um, that's always a, a one up, but that's just not always the case, turkey hunting, especially in the east. Obviously, oh, yeah. when you get out in the Midwest, what's that? Super thick. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, there's big hardwoods. I mean, we have open terrain. You know, New York, I love, I've hunted to kill birds in New York. I love it. You have fields, you have good giant hardwoods. I love hunting in big hardwoods where you can see through the woods real good. But then, anyways, what do I do to gauge my calling? Is, is, is just that, like I said, uh, if he's moving towards me, then I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to continue what I'm doing. If he's not moving towards me, I'm going to start changing my tactics up. And that's all, again, based on, too, how often is he answering? Is he gobbling on his own? Is he super excited to the point where I need to go quiet or start clucking and purring and go in the other direction with my mood, with my uh, my feeling? Because if he's gobbled, sometimes they're too excited. And you can just tell he's starting to slow down. He's not wanting to come in. So then I go quiet for 10 or 15 minutes. Kills more turkeys than people will ever believe if they could just shut up and not listen to him gobble. It's just going silent because he thinks, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Where did she go? Where did she go? Where did she go? What's going on? I mean, it is a death-dealing blow to a lot of gobblers. If you got him coming hard, then he hangs up and he's wound up and you go quiet. Outside of that, I may start clucking and purring real soft and scratching the leaves like I've lost interest. Like I've got him charged and he's coming in and I'm – I had to get him excited to get him to come because he wasn't quite excited enough. That's another scenario where he's not too 
fired up. So then I start scalding him, what I call scalding him. I'll start cutting real hard at him to try to peak his mood and get him more excited. And that, and then once he starts that and he starts moving, then he still may hang out. Then I may go quiet and then seem less interested. And that'll cause him to break too. So I think I, think I covered that pretty well. I mean, it's all based oh, yeah. on his mood and his gobbling frequency and his forward progression. You know? No, that's awesome, man. Um, well, actually, that's all the questions I got for you today. But I, I do want to. Oh, I do want to hear a little bit about uh, about what you got going on with the TV show, and I know you guys got yeah. the app out and all that. Absolutely. Um, Punk Quest is on the Mossio Go app, and it's on YouTube. Um, unfortunately, this season has gotten me very limited on footage. Now, I do have a few buddies that I call, you know, Hunt Questers, Hunt Quest team members, if you will that I've been running some of their footage that I'll probably supplement the, the six or seven hunts that I have. It's going to be challenging this year for spring stuff because I haven't gotten, I've gotten to go anywhere. Um, uh, so, but hunt quest is on the go app and it's on YouTube. Again, may not see any fresh stuff on it for a while, but I've got 45 episodes on YouTube. So you can watch that for a while. And, uh, there's probably 30 or 20, 20, I think on the Masio go app. So, just not been able to keep it current because I knew that my footage was going to be thin this year. I was going to try to keep a few shows edited and kind of semi live, if you will, while the momentum is strong with everybody trying to get out turkey hunt right now with being quarantined, you can go hunting. And that's one thing they've actually encouraged is to get out and hunt. So people at least within their areas are hunting a lot and a lot more. But outside of that, my app is called Turkey Tech. It is on the Apple store the app store and it's on google play so both droid and iphone formats are available um it's a great app man i'm really proud of this little tool it's uh it's got audio of wild turkeys of, of about 12 different calls it's got audio of me creating the call on a box call I'm, I'm sorry on a pot call and a mouth call it has video instruction of me doing the calls on how to do it on a mouth call and a pot call mm-hmm. and let's see it's got a built-in recorder that accesses your microphone on your phone and you can record yourself and loop yourself with my calling and more importantly with turkeys. You can loop it with your calling to see how it blends, how it stacks up against what I'm trying to do as a caller and then as, as wild birds are doing. You can loop all three of them literally. Um, last but not least, it's, it has um, uh, written tips that talk about the call, what the call is, why turkeys use it and when you should use it as a hunter. Those are all written tips. And lastly, it has this year we've done an update where it has, I think there's four hunts on the app that you can download. And I've got them relatively shortened. So if you don't have to sit there and download a 10 minute video, it's they're three, four minutes. And I kind of get to the meat and potatoes of the hunt. And I intro the hunt and tell the listeners, I'm telling you guys, key on these things. This is what I did to make this successful. And, and it's pretty obvious. It's blatant how what I'm introducing the clip and telling the viewers or the listeners to, to watch and listen to, you see me doing it and, and, and you see me having success with it. So that's a neat thing to see what that's you're great. preaching. You're, you're practicing what you're pre- preaching with results is what nice. I call it. So, yep. And that's Turkey Tech app. Outside of that, man, I'm on Instagram, Scott underscore C underscore Ellis. Give me a follow. Um, I would say follow along with the adventure, but the adventure is short lived this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bummed, you know, it's just, uh, this is my momentum time. Um, But I'll be deer hunting and doing some duck hunting, you know, doing summer activities. We'll be doing some spear fishing probably in in the Gulf. You'll see those pictures fly up every now and again during the summer and shooting bows, getting ready for deer season. It'll be here before you know it. Um, 
Yeah, I got a, fa- a fan page on Facebook. It's Hunkwest with Scott Scott Ellis. Hunkwest with Scott Ellis on uh, on um, uh, Facebook. It's a it's a fan page, business page, if you will. So um, outside of that, I think that's about all I got, man. I enjoyed talking with you, brother. Catching up a little bit. Um, yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us. Um, just guys, the the app is pretty cool. I've been playing around with it for. I was actually one of the first guys to get it. Right. Um, when when they were before they had released it um i like playing with it it's uh it's a good tool i just uh i got i got i gotta get out and use it more (laughs) that's right absolutely that's no worries at all man i appreciate you using it but um yeah maybe one of these days we can um figure out those arizona birds because i i don't know what a non-resident has to do to even hunt arizona i don't can a non-resident even hunt uh, public land in arizona i heard some really weird no absolutely okay. arizona is 80 percent public you're, you're okay gotcha you're, okay so there's one state out there utah uh, nevada it's nevada i think it's no. really hard to hunt like you have to know a landowner to get a non-resident turkey tag from what i would i remember somebody telling me that's done maybe it. maybe yeah. yeah that might be it yeah nevada so either way maybe we'll get together one day yeah. and set up a hunt and and we'll go chase strike together, brother. I appreciate you having me on. For sure. Take it easy. You too.